Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Chris Davis with the Baltimore Orioles, and I'm listening to Section 336. Hey, this is Big Bad Bud Norris, and you're listening to Section 336. Hey, this is Kevin Gosman, you're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's best sports talk. Hey, this is Jay Gibbons, you're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's best sports talk. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearly studying host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by a guy who turned down Brandon Hyde. Uh, he turned down the opening for bench coach just so he could keep on doing this podcast. I'm joined by the dainty one, Albert Rohde. <laughs> I gave it a lot of consideration but I thought I was better suited to be talking on a microphone in Josh's basement. And we're also joined by the button lover, Josh Roca. What does a bench coach really do anyway? Just like tell, pat the guy on the back and say, good job. You'll get him next I don't know. time. That was his uh, step stool to manage a manager position. So, Well, that was one of many step stools. The guy's been in baseball a long time. Oh, he's 45. He hasn't been in that long. He's been in baseball a long time. <laughs> I I don't have his Wikipedia page in front of me. I assume he's got a Wikipedia page, but uh, he's been yeah, in baseball I mean, a long time. Yeah, well, we'll get into it. He was, he, he was a minor league uh, catcher uh, slash first baseman. That I, I heard he'd been in management on the on the managing side for about seventeen years, both in the player development side and more recently in at, uh, as as a bench coach uh, for both the Marlins and most recently the past uh, I want to say five years for the for for the Cubs. Uh, but we'll get more into Brandon Hyde as, as we get into the show. This is a big show for Baltimore sports. We have uh, Lamar Jackson uh, handling business da- uh, for, against Tampa Bay. Right. He was we announced also- the starting quarterback after our last show. We haven't done yes. a show since he was named the starter with a healthy Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hear that Lamar Jackson was announced a starter until I just heard some screaming in the distance. And then I recognized it was Josh's voice screaming and crying. And then I said, oh, yeah, that must mean Lamar Jackson was announced as the starting quarterback. (laughs) You guys are trying to uh, set up an alternate universe where I didn't like Lamar Jackson. I've said the whole time Lamar Jackson should be the starter with reservations. Your tweets would say otherwise. 
All I'm saying I, is that I'm now getting tweets uh, from listeners about m- me and not liking Lamar and me loving Joe. Then me and Matt and have done our job. Perpetuated <laughs> by the two of you, not by the words out of my mouth. Yeah, Josh, you got to learn to control the narrative. All right, you got yeah. the narrative's gotten away from you. You guys, you guys, and your narrative has affected me on the film study podcast, where I'm getting told like ahead of time, let's be middle of the road. You don't need to be all Joe. And I'm like, I'm not really? all Joe. This is what <laughs> this is something that two guys that I do the show with are trying to convince everyone. Hey, Josh, let me ask you a question. Yeah, there's rumor. This is my favorite latest rumor that um, Joe Flacco. Uh, it was just reported that Joe Flacco might not be back next year. Yeah. I like how Ed Rappaport reported breaking news. Right, like Joe Flacco might not be back next like, year. We've been we, talking we knew about, about ten this. weeks ago. That's so weird. We knew about this before they drafted Lamar Jackson. We were talking about the way the contract works out. He's probably oh, this is probably his last year. And the moment Lamar was drafted, everyone knew this was Joe's last year. So the fact that it's breaking is right. Is no, but anyway, comes my, as a my shock favorite, to no one. My favorite um, scenario here is. Joe Flacco leaves, and so does John Harbaugh, and they end up somewhere together. Go, go to Jacksonville together? Coach. Yeah, like they go there together. And, Josh, at that point, would you become a Jacksonville Jaguar fan? No. Or would you stick with the Ravens? <laughs> no. no. How many times have we talked about rooting for the, the front of the jersey, the color of the jersey, not the name on the back? Uh, All right. We talked about that a lot. But I would like the two of them to go off in the sunset together, too, and still be attached at the next job. I don't I – It would be my – it would be my second favorite team wherever they go. It would be. I I definitely watch them. Uh, I if we're starting with Ravens, I am intrigued. I yeah. think the conversation now that we got the quarterback controversy out of the way, I think yeah, the, which I'm disappointed. I was hoping for a Joe sighting so we could resurrect this controversy. Oh well, this Saturday is a tough game, so that still might happen. But uh, yeah, <laughs> mid game, I remember Lamar taking a, a tough hit. And uh, kind of looking a little hurt a little bit while he was getting up. And I was like, this might be Joe's chance. <laughs> um, but I do – I am totally intrigued now on the what do you do with John Harbaugh. As the team's playing well with Lamar and John at the helm, what do you do with John for next year? I am totally intrigued by that. But at the same time, the way – even though the Ravens won yesterday, everybody else won that's against the Ravens. So somehow the playoff odds went – made it became worse even with them winning yeah it was a disaster what happened on sunday besides the ravens winning it was an absolute yeah, disaster the Colts the won the patriots won no the, the steelers won yeah the patriots lost if the steel if yeah. the patriots would have won, won that would have helped right the steelers won and the colts won and even the titans won um the browns are finally out of it so we don't need to worry about the browns yeah but they're going to beat us in week 17 right <laughs> right, they will. That, that's the game that scares me probably more than the uh, than. Uh, well, if we LA. lose to the Chargers, it doesn't matter. Right, right. It's really to the point for the Ravens that they got to win out to get the playoffs. Unless, I mean, the the Steelers could lose next week. Also, I read a tweet today that gave uh, provided the scenario to back up the support for the Ravens. Point three percent of getting a first round buy in the playoffs. That it's still mathematically possible, yeah, well, to be a number one or number two seed in the AFC. Oh, really? That's weird. Oh, the, yeah. I don't know about that. No, I mean, it's they, true. They, they, they it, it broke it down. If if the Patriots if, lose two out of the next three, or, or I mean, it's only two left, or right. whatever. But they they actually broke it down. Right. Those other teams lose. If both, all of these things both. happen, the Ravens will be a number two seed and get a first right, round. Once you bring strength of schedule <laughs> in and all, sure. Um, I mean, I, I don't understand, and we can we're going to get into the Ravens game here a little bit. But I don't understand what what happened there in with with the with the Steelers and 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 the the Patriots. I mean, the the Steelers are a team that lost to the Raiders, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, they 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 lost before that to the Chargers, of course. Before that, they lost to the Broncos. Right. I mean, the Steelers were a team where all the wheels are falling off, and and the Patriots can only score ten points against uh, the Raiders. Scored twenty four points. The Broncos scored twenty four points, and the and 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 the and the and the Patriots could only score ten. You know, I, I don't understand. This is why I hate people who sit there and say 
you know, three weeks out with three weeks or four weeks left to go in the season. Well, the Steelers are going to win this one and the Steelers will lose this one, but they'll win this one and the Ravens will win this one. You just never know. It's a crazy, it's a crazy league. And every week there's upsets and every week, I mean, the freaking Eagles beat the Rams. You just never know how this thing's going to play out. So you just got to go play the games. Yep. Well, by the way, I, I do want to break this down since I found the tweet. If the Ravens win the last two games against the Chargers and the Browns, the Steelers lose at least once. The Texans lose the last two games. The Patriots lose at least once. And the Colts or Titans win their last two games. Then we get a first round bye. <laughs> all, right, so, okay. all right. So it is, so all it is possible. possible. You're telling me there's a chance. Yes, absolutely. There is a chance. And I would root for this just because I think it would be hilarious if it actually happened. Well, and that, <laughs> I mean, and that puts the Ravens in the absolute best chance they can get. Absolutely. So you want to root for that. Of course. Um, but, yeah, it, right now the way it looks with the Ravens, I think they have better odds to win the division than a wild card, which is strange. Right? Isn't that how it lines up? Because division, it just matters about what the Steelers do. Where wild card, it matters what the Colts and Titans do. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it turns out to be really interesting because the Colts and Titans play the last week of the season, so that could be a determined factor. The winner of that game um, could make the playoffs. But you're going to have to, if you want to win the division or if you want to be the wild card, it looks like you're going to have to get 10, well, and 10 wins. And that's the thing is the wild card's going to need 10 wins. The division could possibly need nine wins, and that's the difference. That's if why the Steelers the division... crapped the bed here the last right, couple weeks. exactly. Of Steelers are playing the Saints on Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Saints and Bengals, right? Yep. Yep, and the first, yeah, but, one is, but, first one's at New Orleans. But the Bengals are trash. Okay, yeah, at, at New Orleans. So everyone's going to say, oh, well, that's a loss for the Steelers. Yeah, and it was supposed to be a loss against the Patriots too, so get out of here. Right. Right, and and I'm not sure how the Saints' schedule is. Are they locked everything up already? They probably have. They've probably already locked up their division, and maybe they're playing yeah, for – Yeah, I'm sure they're still doing seeding stuff, especially seeding. since the Rams lost. I'm sure the right. number one seed is still up. The up Saints there. play the Panthers, host the Panthers in Week 17, a divisional game for them. After, uh, all right, yeah, after, after the, Steelers. the Steelers. All right, can we can, can we stop all this nonsense and can we talk a little bit about uh, the Ravens game and break that down down, down a little bit? Yeah, um, sure. uh, first half was, or second half because it was like two different games. Really? Yeah. Which and um, we don't need to break it down that far, but it is interesting watching. The Ravens keep trying in the first half of games. They keep trying to do new stuff with Lamar throwing the ball. And then second half, they go back to let's run the ball. Let's do what works. And boy, yeah. does it work. Yeah, and it works. <laughs> but 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 I think the reason they keep trying that is because there is concern that one day it might not work. So they're trying to do things. The problem is those other things aren't working. But um, you, you got thoughts, Matt? You're trying to talk? Well, I mean, I think I, – I, I don't think – I'm, I'm okay with them starting off the game passing. I don't think that's a complete failure. I think it's purposeful because late in the game, you're going to rely on the running game. Everyone gets it, and you're going to go to the running game. But early on in the game is when I, I feel like you kind of want to take your shots because that's when you want to get the lead and yes. then turn over the running game and just kind of wear them out. Yep. But the wearing out happens more in the second half. So if you're going to throw it, I like them going more in the first half. Uh, as opposed to the second half. Yeah, I, I felt like in the first half, what they were doing is they were trying to throw like on the edge and on the outsides, and it seems like that doesn't work. And in the second half, when he was throwing the ball, he kept throwing it in the middle, and that seems to work really well with Lamar. That yeah. Support. However, I think it's because of the fear of Lamar running left or right means your cornerbacks are playing wide, which then leaves that middle of that field open. Yeah, I think there might be, and this is a film study question, but I think also with the linemen that might be happening too because it seems like when he throws up the middle, yes. the like the line separates and there's a gap right up the middle yep. where he can yeah. clearly see his receiver and make that pass to the open receiver. And I say open receiver because with Lamar Jackson, it seems like all the receivers are always open. In the, in the middle, um, in that middle in the, area. Everywhere. <laughs> right, well, yeah. They're finding the soft spots in the, when they're playing zone defense for sure. And we're, we yeah, are, and you got to respect the run game so much. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we're finding. We're finding they're so focused on Lamar in the run game that they're leaving wide receivers open or single coverage. Stop me if you heard this stat. The Ravens have rushed for at least 190 yards in five consecutive games. The last NFL team to do that was the 1976 Steelers 42 years ago. The Ravens, over the last five games, have bumped up their average rushing yards per game, are now second in the league rushing yards per game. That's amazing. 
just this is, of what's happened in the last five games since Lamar Jackson took over. Bert, you always complain that that the Ravens are unwatchable. Yes. Um, this new offense, which is old school, run the ball. Yes. When everyone told me that you can't do this, you all you have to have you know an elite passer to win in the NFL. We're doing it old school. Do you find this style of football entertaining, Bert? Yes, because you know what? We're getting first downs. We're getting first downs on third and eight, third and seven. Um, we're making he's making good passes. Like we just talked about, finding soft spots in the zones. He's running the ball or handing off the ball. Gus Gus Edwards is getting seven-yard rushes when we need seven yards for a first down. Uh, we're not seeing incomplete dump-off passes or passes just short of the first down. That's boring football. They're moving the ball down the field. I don't define that as being boring at all, even if it's just little chunks at a time. You know, I maybe I'd like to see an explosive play here or there, but I it sure beats an incomplete explosive play. So I, I've watched every single game Lamar Jackson started, whereas the previous four games before he started, I did not even watch him. I went to Costco. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And this I, is exciting. I, even I, if we'd have lost these games, even if we had lost these games, they've been more fun to watch, in yeah. my opinion. And, and my take, and, and Josh, I'm curious about this, because I've heard everywhere on the radio, people keep on saying, and I understand this argument, that this is not sustainable, Lamar has to throw. But can I can I say something stupid? Why can this not be sustainable? Why why can't you keep doing this? Um, like why can't you keep on having Lamar run? Why can't you keep on running this style of offense? Why can't you keep on doing it? Because this style of offense is more player is more uh, based on one single player than any other type of offense. So I think the concern is this type of offense, if Lamar goes down and you put Joe in there, you can't run this style of offense. Right. So, so the sustainability we... is as sustainable as your quarterback is. But but clearly Lamar is not an elite passer at this point in his career. Right. So why can't we get a backup who is another kind of elite athlete, maybe not an elite passer yet, and run the same style? And so if something happens to Lamar, oh. you're bringing another – a uh, kind of elite runner. Who? Who? When, was the, when was the last time you've seen a, a, a quarterback like Lamar? Or are you going to have well, you're going to bring uh, Kaepernick and Tebow as, as the backup second and third strings? Well, I, I I just think you can you have to change what you're looking for, and and there's a lot of guys in college I would imagine who who can't um, who who are who are better at running than they are passing, right? Yeah. I I, I think of the. Uh, uh, that 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 backup hurt for uh, right. for Alabama or someone like that. I mean, but but my point is, um, why can't this be a new style of offense? And everyone says, well, Lamar will get hurt. It, well, I mean, he gets hit like a wide receiver gets hit, and yeah, there's a chance, a greater chance he'll get hurt. Um, but as long as you have a backup right. who can has a similar skill set, why, why can't you keep him running this offense? All right, fine. With two Lamars, you can run it a little a little longer. Uh, how about the argument that we haven't seen yet? Is what happens when you're down and you got to drive in two minutes? Yeah, that that, that concerns. That's me. a problem. That's going to be a problem. Right. So yeah. that that that's an issue. Right. Um, that it really hasn't had to happen yet. Really. Uh, right. I mean, he his best two minute happened yesterday, but but he really hasn't had to come back in a two minute type situation like right. that and, and, and go the length of the field. We also uh, haven't seen. We're starting I don't to think see. He can do it. Right, and we're starting to see. I don't think he can either until he learns to throw the ball better. Um, because I would think you just go ahead and let him run the ball as long as you keep him in bounds. You're just going to let him run out the clock. Um, but I think a lot of it also is we haven't seen teams get enough film on Lamar yet, and you wonder what happens when the better teams see more of Lamar and see more of yeah. this play con. Um, That's true. I remember a few years ago when Miami started that Wildcat crap and for like Ricky Williams is running over people for a while, like the right. Wadcat for a good like four or five weeks was like that was hot this fire. Is, yeah, this is awesome. Like we found like a loophole, and then other teams <laughs> just adjusted, and and now no one does that play anymore. Exactly, <laughs> and that's the thing that you can't you can't run off the fact that well no one no one's doing it anymore, and say well it's just because no one's doing it, and it's like no no one's doing it before a reason. And yeah, I think, but I think but Lamar other, Jackson's a unique guy, right? He's he is. not like he is. Yeah. I would the other argument I would throw out there is that the rules committee and the game has shifted so much towards the passer 
that 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 hurts you also when you try to do something different. Yeah. Hey, Bert, you want to respond to respond to we we you can watch us live on Facebook uh, every Monday evening, uh, and we got Jeff Fisher. Uh, he's he's commenting that uh, former, that Lamar, former Titans head coach. Yeah, I don't think it's the same guy. That Lamar will never be an elite passer. Yeah. Uh, your response to that, Bert? Um, <laughs> I guess uh, he's seen enough from a 21-year-old playing his first five NFL games that he'll never, and I mean never, <laughs> ever become an elite passer. He might not, but he's still he's still a 21-year-old in his first NFL NFL starts. So I'm not drawing any massive conclusions right now. And I don't. Right now, he's providing exciting, winning football in the city of Baltimore and I'll take it. And I don't think there's I don't think it's taken anything away from Lamar for us to say that the verdict's still out on Lamar long term. And if this can work long term, <laughs> if he can turn into an elite passer. I don't think that's taken away from Lamar because he is a young kid. He's like any rookie quarterback who no matter where they're playing, you're still not sure. The verdict's still out on a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I, first of all, I love the adjective elite passer. I love that adjective elite for obvious reasons. Sure. Um, yeah, but I would say... Because somehow it got tagged with Baltimore. Yeah. I would say, because whenever you talk about Baltimore quarterbacks, you got to use that word elite. But I would say, like, okay, who cares? Like, I don't think he has to be. I mean, was Joe Flacco ever an elite passer? Eh. That's, he that, was pretty good. That, that, and, that and Super he, and he got, Bowl run. He was pretty good. Yeah, elite. that Super Bowl run for, for, for a, a period of five weeks. He, yes. he was, or four weeks or whatever. Sure. Just like Nick Foles was the, uh, this past year for four weeks. Right. Uh, yeah. an elite passer. He, he was never a Brady. Never yeah, so I don't, and, and with with well, specifically with Lamar's skill set, Lamar never will never need to be an elite passer. Right, you right. Just as long as games. he can be like a, just an average to as he gets a little bit older and he runs less, a, a good passer, he can win games. The, uh, he can win games being a good like Russell Wilson. I want to call Russell Wilson an elite passer. No. I would call him a really good passer. The the history of the, okay. the history of the Super Bowl in the NFL is littered with non-elite quarterbacks not elite passers yes. but they right. but they still happen to win a super bowl now and then and that's yes. all i care about really yeah <laughs> every few years i want to be able to buy a ravens jersey with a super bowl patch on it and wear it proudly <laughs> yeah, yes. i don't care who got me there i just want to wear it if it's a lamar jersey that'd be great even better and i hope he doesn't running the ball or that would be like this year I hope he throws three interceptions and runs for ten touchdowns. But it's weird. <laughs> but it's also it's weird because the Ravens came out and they won that game. But as confident as I was after leaving the Chiefs game, I, I'm now I'm not feeling confident going into this Saturday's game. Because I oh. think I, Well, because the Chargers well, have looked really good. Because I don't think we looked great against the Bucks. We, we beat we beat the Bucks. Oh, really? We did everything we had to do to beat them. We controlled the, the whole second half of the game. Yeah, and we the did some half. stupid The first stuff. half was some stupid, ugly stuff. But it didn't need to be great. It, it We kept them to one touchdown. I get that. But but when we play on Saturday, the first and second half are going to have to be great. Agreed. And that's my concern. It's in the Chiefs, Lamar played really good first and second half games. Well, this, no, actually, I don't agree. Because you can, you, can, you can give up a touchdown or two to the Chargers in the first half and control the second half and win the game. They can do it. They can do the exact same there's, thing. There's no way we're falling behind by two touchdowns and coming back. You don't think so? I don't think so. What if we get a touchdown right before halftime and get the ball first in the second half? All right. So you're saying we fell behind by two. We scored one right. Yeah. As time so now we're out, only down we by one touchdown. So we're only down by one touchdown. Yeah. All right. There's the one situation I'll give you. No, there's, there's multiple situations. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give you the getting the ball back to back situation I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one josh and, and listen i i i did you guys I, did you guys man, forget? Josh, on, on pointing out the fact that lamar had a bad first half you did not miss an opportunity to take a shot lamar right there i appreciate you taking that shot lamar because he did have a bad first half he did but like but yeah but josh tampa bay had a bad first half too james yes. Winston had a bad first half too because yeah. it's freaking pouring down raining the ball was slipping on his hands that one time hit the back of the dude's jersey <laughs> people are falling over left and right because uh. the weather kind of Kind of conditions and so both offenses looked ugly because it was an ugly weather type of game by the way the perfect game for the ravens um that it even was, like the fumble the fumble was a weird one because the ball was so wet and all that nonsense all right the, yeah all they, right, they missed an extra point because of a uh, wet football well they missed extra point because everyone in 
besides Justin Tucker, no one knows how to kick the ball in the NFL anymore. There's so many missed field that goals. That had nothing to do with the kick. The kicker didn't even you get forget a chance. The oh, yeah, it, the was holder. Thrown, it was thrown it over his head. Right that's, right. that's right. Right, what Brian, happened I'll to the Saints? The Extra point against the Saints, Josh. What yeah. happened there? Yeah, I know. Yeah, where, where's um, everyone in their Tucker jerseys now? <laughs> yeah. They're all long, buying long. Lamar jerseys now. <laughs> yeah. The real winner, the real leader on this team. It was uh, it was fun watching the game. Matt and I always watch the game with my dad. And um, my dad no, would. No, you don't say. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, during, the, during that first half, every, every time. He would say something really good, praising Lamar. Would be exactly when Lamar would look like the worst guy on the field and do something yeah, stupid. Yeah, and, and then my dad and I would immediately look at Josh just I, for his reaction. I, I know because you guys were trying to set up this uh, stereotype that you I you started am, that uh, on your own, buddy. Anti Lamar. You are very anti Lamar. I, I always have been. I just I don't think Lamar is that big of a deal. Josh is the I think one Lamar's on, fun. On, on draft day tweeting terrible pick, never be an elite passer. <laughs> no, no, I. Uh, I didn't like the way they traded it around. I did want more. <laughs> I want CJ Moore is who I wanted <laughs> on draft day. But, uh, no, I, Lamar is exciting. I like watching Lamar. Yeah. But I, I, I still – you're not going to convince me as exciting as it is. You're not going to give me confidence that this team's going into the playoffs and that this team's going to win this Saturday. That's going to be tough for me to have confidence going into the game. Well, they're four-point underdogs, which I, th- I think sounds about right. I saw um, Tony Dungy on Twitter um, saying the Ravens got screwed with the scheduling, which they might have a valid point. I mean, the Chargers have an extra day rest because they played when they uh, a couple extra days because they played what Saturday on Thursday night? or were they Thursday? I think they were Saturday night. Well, they're going to be Saturday this coming, right? But oh, it, you're right. Yeah, no, they were the they Thursday night Thursday. game. Thursday, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they yeah, got yeah. a long time. They got a long break, and and that's fine. But the fact that they don't have to travel. Right, and then we have to go on a short week and travel all the way to the West Coast with the West Coast, uh, the second to last week of the season. Yeah, uh, the Ravens, I think, have a reason to gripe about the schedule here. So all this sets up for the Ravens to not be successful. The West Coast trip, the short rest, San Diego with extra rest. So I think it's going to be a daunting challenge. Also, I feel like Philip Rivers is playing the best football he's ever played before. Yes. I don't know if it was a week ago, like it was like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, but I was watching him play and he completed like 25 straight passes, something nonsensical like that. Um, he played really well against Thursday when they beat the Chiefs. So you have a, a, a Chargers team, a Los Angeles Chargers team, who's getting better. Um, they're getting healthier. Cause yeah, I, I, Melvin Gordon is supposed to be back. Keenan Allen is going to be back for him. So it's setting up for a huge test for the Ravens' defense. Yeah. But the formula is the same. I feel like if you want to beat the Chargers, your best chance is to keep the ball out of Phillip Rivers' hands. Right. Do what the Ravens have been doing. It's... Drag it out. And to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of all hyped, all on board the Lamar Jackson um, train. I'm not focusing on the, on the mediocre first half he had like Josh is focusing on. I'm focusing on what Lamar has done since he's had the start and roll, and I'm really optimistic that we can go and it's, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a close game. We're not getting blown out with our style of offense and, and, and with our defense. And so I'm confident that Lamar can lead this team and we, and we can beat the Chargers. If Let's we, go. I'm if pumped. we can go in and do exactly like we, what we did with the Chiefs, then we can win that game. That Chiefs was one like defensive stop away from us winning. Yeah, I like our chances, and I'm, and I'm with Burt, too. I think we're going to go, we're going to beat the Chargers, go all the way to the West Coast in short rest, beat the Chargers, then come back home and lose to the Browns and miss the playoffs. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good chance of that. Philip Rivers, <laughs> the, the Ravens have play, uh, played against Philip Rivers seven times, and Philip Rivers has lost four of those seven games against the Ravens. This will be their eighth matchup against Philip Rivers. Yeah. All right, stat nerd. Thank you for that. You, you're welcome. You want to know what his passing stats are? Four, no, I don't. 14 passing okay, touchdowns you're gonna tell me anyway. the Ravens in those seven games. Yeah. So, but it's it's a it's a must win, right? right. Yes. Right. We didn't think it would be a must win. We thought we could win two out of the next three, and we'd be okay because everyone said, "Well, look at the Steelers' schedule, right. the Patriots and the Saints." But now we got it. We're gonna have to win all three. Yeah. Looks like that. Yeah. Sorry. Makes you really wish we got that win in Kansas City or beat the Browns or the Saints. All these stupid games you should have won. Yeah, but hey, listen. To make the playoffs, you should have to win ten games. So let's go. If we win the, if we win out, then we deserve to make the playoffs. If we don't win out, then frankly, we don't deserve to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, yep. and for me, again, 
as from my mindset as a fan, I still feel like we're playing with house money, which is why I'm like getting excited. It's like I'm I'm keep winning on the roulette wheel. I keep putting it on red, and we keep landing on red, uh, which is really almost a 50-50, So it's pretty good odds. It's probably better than what the Ravens' odds are. Yeah. But if if we lose, I'm not crying in my pillow. I'll be like, awesome. Well, we still won. You know, f- for the last six games, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, and the future looks bright. Yeah. Do you so, think? Uh, yeah. Let Joe Flacco start week 17 against the Browns because who cares? Do you think <laughs> John Harbaugh's job still hinges on getting into the playoffs at this point? Yes, because he's missed the playoffs. What now? How many of the past few years? I'm over it. Get to the playoffs or get out of town. So changing quarterbacks, changing the complete style of offense midseason and winning doesn't buy him any more time? Was he the one running the ball all that time? He was the one who changed the game plan. By, I mean, by, he's not the he guy had, on by the field. Default, Joe Flacco got hurt. Yeah, so but, he gets the credit for Flacco getting hurt? No, but I, I think it's hard to change your offense from one of the most pass-happy offenses in the NFL to uh, one of the most running offenses in midseason to change that. I think you got to give the coach some credit on how he, they handled that. But isn't that, isn't that a Martin, uh, Martin, Marty Martinwig? Isn't that like an offensive coordinator thing? Yeah. Like you give all the, all the credit to – Maybe, but then – but. Uh, in the I'm end, hesit- you got to give it to the head coach. You gave it to no. his boss. I hesitate to give John Harbaugh any of the credit le- that Lamar Jackson is getting by turning the, the team around, getting some wins. John Harbaugh's had every opportunity to turn this team around the last five or six years and hasn't done it. It's been garbage. It's been unwatchable. And now just because it's exciting and we're winning and it's watchable, now he gets the credit for it. But how much is that? Would you then say, well, he didn't have the players. Now you give him a playmaker, and he wins. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I tell you what, Josh, <laughs> you, you were going to be. I don't know. Uh, but but Josh, you were going to be on a very. I mean, you're on a very short list that still wants to see Joe Flacco be, be our starting quarterback, and you're going to be on a short, uh, even shorter list that wants John Harbaugh to still be our coach if we don't make the playoffs. I just I look at the coaches. You'll be there. a minority of one. Yeah, I look at the coaches out there, and I look at who's out there that's not like that's better than John Harbaugh, and I don't think there's many. But that, before we even hired John Harbaugh, have you ever heard of him before that? No, and no, he took us to the playoffs just five straight years. Yeah, but you could also say that Joe took us to the to the. You could, or you could but, say Ray Lewis in the defense. Did. You could, um, yes. But how often does that happen? We see coaches get fired all the time in the I NFL. Wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking so, at who's out there available and make that be my decision maker of whether I'm going to keep John Harbaugh or not. Just, I think Bashadi will be able to find somebody, probably somebody we never heard of before. Yeah, don't you trust your, 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 your boy Biscotti to do this again, Josh? Well, I, I wonder if, if John's out, I would think that uh, uh, Martindale might be the guy you, you turn to. Maybe. Maybe not. So – because he's going to be looking for some head coaching job after this season, the way this defense is playing. Um, I'm not even convinced if the Oral, if the Ravens, I'm sorry, make the playoffs. I almost said Orioles make the playoffs. That's laughable. Um, I, I almost, I, I'm almost even think that if the Ravens make the playoffs and and go out in the first round, that John Harbaugh still might be fired. It's sure. all, yeah. It all sets this. This year was all set up weird because. You don't really see it was like a, a do it or yeah yeah uh, but you, but the, it was a it was not. a it was like a win or you're out type situation but it was also a we're drafting a quarterback you normally don't draft a quarterback until you get the new coach and you let the new yeah. coach draft the quarterback and then he's stuck with that guy so yeah. it's you're in this weird Is situation that normal? that's normal everybody yeah, that's does normal. that yeah a new head coach drafts a quarterback and yeah that's guy that's pretty normal. That's why you see quarterbacks and coaches linked together so What's often. What's another one that that's happened with? Uh, John Harbaugh and Joe Flacco. I know that one. Uh, Tom Brady. Brian and, Billick and uh, Kyle Bowler. <laughs> yeah, Billick and Bowler was Billick's guy. Uh, yeah, Billick, Billick was the head coach for a few years before they drafted Kyle Bowler. Yeah, but he he was comfortable and was going to be here for a while. For a while, there was there was uh, there's right now a little awkwardness in Oakland. John Gruden's debating if Derek Carr is his guy. Yeah, but John Gruden wasn't the head coach when they drafted Derek uh, Carr. But but the Browns exactly. the Browns got a new coach, drafted a quarterback. Well, that happens uh, every year. Yeah, well, the Browns <laughs> didn't get a new quarterback. Hugh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackson returned. All right. He was, Hugh Jackson was fired midseason. 
I think in a perfect world, sure, you're bringing a new head coach and a young rookie quarterback, and, and you see what they can do for the next five years. And that happened with us, with Joe and John, and they won us a Super Bowl. But I don't think that's uh, I think that's it's, common practice. I think it's – I don't have examples ahead of me. I, I feel like it's common. I think it's at least more recently common that you link uh, coaches and uh, guys like Fisher and McNair. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. But showed up. <laughs> For bailing out Josh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, can, can Jeff Fisher confirm that? Right. That he Fisher, yeah, yeah, Jeff Fisher, uh, hook that up. Yeah, awkward to bring up a dead guy, though, Matt. Well, especially because we don't know the whole truth. I've been bringing uh-huh. up dead guys on this show forever. <laughs> yeah, but, but... Hey, Bert, Bert are, you, are you listening to the Steve McNair podcast? Yeah, and Steve McNair is one of my favorite dead guys. Wait, but are you... You're, so you're listening to the podcast? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like I hate listening to it, but... I I, 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 like to I, I hate listening all the time, too. Yeah. That's the only way I listen. Yes. It's, uh, it's entertaining. Uh, there are some characters on there. It is. It is. I'm... Uh, what... I'm blanking on it's it's like that talk show and I'm blanking on the talk show host Jerry Springer Jerry Springer yeah it's like an episode of Jerry it's like Jerry Springer is producing this podcast what's the name of that podcast by the way the Stephen uh, Hare podcast to kill kill a titan fall of a fall titan. of a titan fall of a titan fall of a that's titan. what it is yeah you guys aren't listening to fall of a titan yeah it's 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 an, I, I'll give it this it's entertaining yes I, yeah. I think it's also probably like um a great little twist at the very end of the first episode yes and i think this week that, is the final episode i, I think so yeah uh, but uh yeah so tough game this week is that is that all our ravens talk yeah i do want to get to the the orioles we got the winter meetings the rule five a new manager. We got a lot of stuff to do. You want to hear from Brandon Hyde before we start? Kind of yeah, let's get to hear from the new Orioles skipper. Hey, Birdland. This is Brandon Hyde. I'm so excited to be here, and I cannot wait to get to work. We're going to be process-based. We're going to create a great culture and a great environment, and we're going to play hard every single night. I can't wait to see everybody at the yard. Was was someone like clicking on their keyboard the entire time he was talking? Did you hear that? It was like a teleprompter. No, I didn't. Like I, yeah. I was too annoyed by a couple other things he said to notice the clicking. What did you like the singularity? Did that annoy you at the end? Well, there was two things that bothered me about that little clip, and I don't want to start off by by uh, jumping on our, our our new manager. Well, let's get it out of the way, and then we'll go into to the facts. So All right, there's a lot of things I like about this guy, but two things I didn't like about that is one, he says he said uh, the yard. And we all know it's Camden Yards, so you say the Yards with an S. You don't say the Yard, but whatever. Uh, hold on. It's Oriole Park at Camden Yard. Yards. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but but there's an ongoing debate. Do you say see you at the Yard or see you at the Yards? I'm strongly on the see you at the Yards camp. Strongly uh, in that. I think we went with night at the Yard yeah, yeah. for all I, of our events Josh and, and, I, I, and I, this I'm, is the one thing Josh and I agree on it's singular I know yeah <laughs> and if I ever leave this podcast and like walk out and never come back it'll be over the yards dispute <laughs> over yards yeah the other thing about that that, that bothers me is I don't, I don't like him taking shots at former players I mean he took an ugliest shot at a former Oriole player what, what you, shot you picked that up I missed what, that what was the shot I missed that oh, it was an ugly low blow shot he said uh, he said uh <laughs> <laughs> that our players will always play hard. That was a direct shot at my boy Manny Machado for not playing hard. I don't appreciate that one one, like, one bit. Uh, I like the idea of that being a shot at Manny Machado. Yeah. The best player in baseball, I didn't want him here. I'm glad you guys got rid of him before I got exactly. here. Exactly. Josh and I are agreeing again. I like how this is going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Matt, just stay out there and you're in Queenstown on your computer. Bert, I got this. We are mending our Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco rift right now as we speak with our support for uh, Brandon Hyde, the new manager of the Orioles. All right, fine. <laughs> All right. Um, how about, is this a big deal? The manager? Is, yeah. Is this a big deal or is it, or are the Orioles at a point where it doesn't really matter who the manager would be? We talked a lot in the offseason how we didn't care about the manager. Now they brought in a manager with developmental background. Uh, a guy who seems like he's excited about uh, being here. He, he's talked about uh, Earl Weaver, Brooks Robinson. Like he's a baseball nerd or a baseball rat, as rat. he called himself. So there's cool things to like about him. But is this a big deal? 
or is this not a big deal? Is he going to bring a win in baseball, or is he just a placeholder? I I like it, and I think it's a big deal for a couple reasons. I like that he's on the younger side. What do we say? He's forty five. Yeah, he's forty five years old. The uh, whole organization is being run by kids now. Okay, um, that's someone older than us. That's good. We've we've proven how great the old guys are at doing it. Um, Fair point. But uh, what I've also liked, uh, we've taken, we've gleaned. A GM from the Houston Astros. We've gleaned a bench coach from the Chicago Cubs. Two of the teams that have won two of the last three World Series. Granted, they're not the head GM right. or the head manager, but guys who were part of the process of building those franchises into what they are, World Series champions. Right. When we brought and in Buck, it was a guy who kept getting close. Yeah. Well, and we've given them the promotions. We're like, okay, here, do what you did with those two teams. Now you're the ones in charge. See if you can do it for us. Um, well, I like all and, that. And- and, Bert, just to follow up with that point real quick, a lot of people speculated that Joe Espada from the Astros would be the guy who would be the manager. But I'm with you. I love the idea of let's not just take all the Astros guys, mm-hmm. but let's take from another team who's been doing it really well, yeah. a very progressive organization. And, and so you have you don't have all the same people coming. You have new ideas. And now the only thing we need to do is get the entire starting rotation from the Boston Red Sox, and then we're good to go. Now, now, what about the fact that Hyde was at the Cubs when they were bad? He was the bench coach through the bad years. When Joe Madden came in, he brought in his own bench coach. And then that, uh, that bench coach only stayed like a year and then left and Hyde took over bench coach again. Yeah. So he's not so the guy Joe Madden wanted, but he's the guy point. he had. Interesting point. No, it's not an interesting point at all. A couple things about this. Um, I, I think it's good that Hyde was there for some of the Cubs losing, right? Because he's going to he's gonna need to know what it feels like to lose over and over and over again. True. And in the, in the press conference, which I watched because I do this podcast, and so I want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm staying informed. In the press conference, he said that, the, you know, the mo- one of the most important things he learned from, 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 from Joe Madden is the consistency, that whether you're winning, whether you won five in a row or whether you lost 10 in a row to be kind of that same person and not get too high with the highs or low with the lows. And this is a team that's going to experience a lot of lows. So that's an important, I think, um, mentality to, to, to go into it with. And Josh, to respond to your earlier question, I think this is a huge deal. I think it's a huge deal because this is Mike Elias's first big hire. And so he is, um, this is, kind of his shaping the direction he wants the organization to, to to go. This is only the 20th. I was surprised. I thought we had like 30 managers over the over the dark years. Right. But this is only the 20th manager in the history of the Orioles. All right. So well, every you time you hire Weaver a guy, long, especially with the new GM, it's a big deal. What's that? Yeah, you had Weaver for a long term and and Buck had a good long term. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and Lee Mazzoni. Mazzoni, um, that's the other guy. A couple of well, no, he was only there for like a hot minute. You want? Uh, um, uh, well, he he made it longer than Cal Senior. Well, even Frank and, only got a year. Was, uh, or two. Uh, D- Dave Trimbley. Right. Um, um, he, would you but like, a couple of observations about Brandon Hyde that I noticed from the press conference. All right. Um, one, he is all about. He said this multiple times. He's about he he's about the relationships with the players. Um, so they were, for, talk, that's the whole developmental uh, young players. Yeah, this is kind of like you see this in teaching all the time. There's like two philosophies. There's like the old guard where you should be intimidating and kids should be afraid of you so they do the work. Or there's kind of the 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 younger kind of version which is to say you should build build relationships with the students so they'll want to do the work for you. And so right. he's very much that new school like I'm all about kind of being your BFF. I don't think I don't think Buck Showalter was all about that. But but Hyde right. comes in with this like I'm going to be I'm going to uh, be your friend. I'm going to establish a relationship with you. And, and by doing this, I can kind of be open and honest with you, and we can work together on this. And that's part of the excitement, too, is that it's different than Buck Walter. Yeah. The other thing I noticed is they said this over and over, time, over and over again. Michael Elias and Brennan Hyde, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. Um, I don't right. think Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette were quite the partnership. No, it wasn't. And that's what I was – That's someone asked for my hot take, and that was my hot take is is that I don't care who the manager is as long as they're on the same page and working together with Mike Elias. 
Yeah. So I took the partnership to, to, to read that Mike Elias will be writing the, the lineup cards. That's what I took away from that. Um, the other thing I would say this is when uh, Brandon Hyde was thanking people, he made a point, and he, when he was talking about the process of being hired, he made a point to say he never said Mike Elias. He always said Eli- Mike Elias and Sid, My- Sid Mydell or Sig My- 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 Mydell. So he always three-way. said both names. So it really feels to me like this is – I don't know what – Sigma Dell is like in charge of analytics or whatever the department. Right. But I really think it's more of like a two-man operation uh, with my Dell and Elias. When we were talking about Sigma Dell, did we talk about the fact that how he spent a season just going to minor leagues uh, – minor league teams in the organization? Yeah, All right, and suiting up on the bench as like a bench coach? Yeah. All right. Um, the other thing, and here's, can I tell you what I thought the best thing about this whole thing was? Sure. Prior to this whole press conferencing press conference happening, there was a game of phone tag being played, which I thought was brilliant. The game of phone tag involved Mike Elias and Brooks Robinson. Before this whole press conference happened, Mike Elias called Brooks Robinson to tell him about the hire. And he missed them, and then Brooks caught him back, and they missed them. But then, uh, prior mean, to the press you, you conference... Mean, you mean Brady, right? I mean, no, I mean Brooks Robinson. All right. Prior to the to this whole press conference, Brooks Robinson sat down with Brandon Hyde, and they just kind of had a conversation um, about, you know, about whatever. That's awesome. The fact that Brooks Robinson's being kept in the loop by Michael Elias, and call, by, that Michael Elias is calling Brooks Robinson is the my favorite thing to come out of this whole thing. Yeah, because, I mean, we talked about how we loved that the Orioles were bringing Brooks back in, like, the PR community way. Yeah, but, but you never know what that means. Is, 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 right. is that a token just so we can put your name out there occasionally? No, but this is, like, Michael Elias reaching out to Brooks right. Robinson. Respects something that. he did not need to do, but he did, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you like to hear a little clip of Brandon Hyde uh, and managing? Or, sure, or, I, I watched the whole press conference, so I know it all. But sure, go ahead and play a clip. Well, this isn't him from the press conference. This is from when he was with the Cubs. Oh, really? A, li- oh. a little, a little. Um, I have not heard this. A little replay. Okay. And let's see. The sound's not working, so that doesn't help you. I can see it. You can see it, but it's not playing with sound. That's fun. I hear nothing. I see nothing. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Brandon Hyde called over to the home yeah. plate umpire and told uh, told umpire to leave the batter the f alone, and then he got thrown out of the game. <laughs> Not that's his first ejection happened this season. Not bad though to be, have a be a bench coach and get irritated with the umpire to get ejected. That's his only career ejection. I found this website. Have you ever heard of this? Close call sports and umpire ejection fantasy league. It's an entire no, website. I've never heard of this. Umpire. It has the histories of all these umpires ejections the number of ejection mlb ejection number seven six uh 76 on june 20th 2018 this is this is way better than my fantasy football league what is it the fantasy league centered around umpire ejections yes, like that's how you get points that appears to be the case <laughs> and it has video of all of them this is this is <laughs> every single, well you don't have ejections like you used to have them no, every you single joe madden ejection going back to the tampa bay days that's fun. Hey, before before we run out of time, can we mention a couple of these Rule 5 guys? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of them I was a big fan of back in the day. <laughs> uh, Richie Martin, is that who you're referring to? All right, there it is. Richie Martin, for the record. Oh, Richie. Shoot, sorry. Well, it, I'm sure I'm the first one who thought of he that. He is, <laughs> right. No, I, I in fact, I forgot to download the, the song ahead of time. I if he does not come out to that as his walk up song, 
then he's been plagued by it his entire life and Missed instead of just enjoying it. Missed opportunity. Yeah, tell anyway, me about him. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I pulled up Utah Street Report because Dylan Atkinson has an article on him. Um, but essentially, uh, Richie Martin had a really good year uh, it, last year. Uh, batted 300, 368, and 439 um, in, in, at AA. He's supposed to be a really good in, uh, infielder, uh, primarily a shortstop, but I think he can go to second base and um, and they can play and play and play around a little bit. The other guy was interesting because they must have set this up ahead of time that the fill. So the first guy they drafted with the number one pick was Richie Martin. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people were saying he, he was the best guy to take. Um, the second guy they took or the Phillies took him, but then he was immediately traded to the Orioles for international money. And so I, I would assume this was set up ahead of time that they would have, would have made this deal. Uh, and like they said, Hey, Phillies draft this guy and we'll pay you for him. I'm sure it would be done like that. Um, but anyway, um, the other guy is trip, our boy friend of the show, trip Norton. Right. Yeah. Did you see who he compared Drew Jackson to the second pick in the rule five for, for the, for the uh, Orioles? No. He compared Drew Jackson to Ryan Flaherty. Oh, thank <laughs> that's, goodness. Right, that's interesting. Yeah, so a guy who can kind of play everywhere. Um, it's it's a couple interesting things. I, I got to say, I'm, I'm grateful that the Orioles didn't draft any pitchers because I feel like our 40-man is like chalk full of, of pitchers and we can't really fit any more in there. Um, and so I'm glad they, 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 they didn't go that route. Um, clearly, we have an issue with middle infield. Our middle infielders at this point are um, Jonathan VR, Brevik Valero, um, Steve Wilkerson, maybe. Right. Someone consider, yeah. And like, that's it. And so Richie Martin and Drew Jackson now become middle infielders. Because remember, we got rid of Tim Beckham. Of course, the trade that deadline yep. we got with of, of, of Jonathan Scope. So we. Don't we don't know who's going to be our starting shortstop or starting second baseman? We assume Villar will be one of those spots, but the other spot is going to be open up for grabs between Villaro, Wilkerson, Martin, or Jackson. Um, and I think this like Martin could be. You don't see this very often, but I think Martin could be like our our everyday shortstop or everyday second baseman. Yeah, that's. I mean, why not? When you're, it doesn't matter if you win, you're not going to win anything much this season. Why not give the Rule 5 guy a full chance to develop? That Yeah, that makes more sense to me than even if he struggles, then giving it to a veteran on a one-year deal just because you don't have a second baseman. Right. Sure. Who cares? I don't want to see any one-year deal. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I agree. The only other um, position that, that could possibly happen is catcher because we only have uh, Andrew Suzak and Austin Wins. Um, and then Chance Cisco. Right. So, depending on how, how ready you think he is. I mean, we saw, why not, again, let Cisco develop? Or yeah. does a bad catcher affect your pitcher? I don't know. Yeah, do, that's do the thing. Do you bring a veteran like, to try to help build the pitcher? Yeah, and that's the same, a similar argument with, with um, the infield is, do you want to make sure you have really good defensive infielders to help out your young sure. pitchers? Sure. But I but I would say the guy both guys that they got in the rule five, um, at least for what people say, uh, Martin and then Jackson, they both are said to be good infielders. So I think you're you're if, for for whatever you do offensively, I think they're gonna be good defensive players. So it's gonna help your team. All right. Not bad. Can I um are, are you guys okay with can I just make one other I I forgot this about the Brennan Hyde thing? Yeah. Are you guys okay? This was a little bit awkward. Mike Elias is on being interviewed, and he's saying reports about Brandon Hyde oh, yeah, being right. the manager are premature. As MLB Network scrolls on the bottom of the screen, Orioles' new manager, Brandon Hyde. And yeah. Mike Elias is out there saying reports are, are, are premature. Some people called this a kind of a rookie mistake by Mike Elias. Um, <laughs> to me, are you guys sad. okay with the fact that he's denying – He's saying reports are premature when everyone else is saying it's a done I think, deal. I think reports were premature. I think it's classic Orioles. I mean, it's the Oriole way. Is something goofy like that. I think they were mature as premature as in they weren't ready to announce it yet. I think it was done. I think Brandon Hyde was told it. Brandon Hyde was told he got the job. 
But I think it's so. Then the reports aren't premature. No, you I just think, I'm not ready to announce it yet. I I think that's what he was going with. Is they weren't ready to announce it yet. I think Brandon Hyde's side was ready, uh, and that's where it leaked out. Where on the Orioles, maybe they hadn't sat down with John and Lou Angelos yet to tell them, hey, we're going to hire Brandon Hyde. That would be my guess. Is that it was something internally like that, where it's like he wants to be respectful to the owners, but. Uh, and go through the process, but that he already told Brandon Hyde that he got the job. You know what I would like to see, who I would like to see Mike Elias be respectful to? And this always kind of rubs me the wrong way, and this, they have a long history of this, is I wish Mike Elias would, would throw some crumbs out there to the local media. And yes. so the, the national media isn't breaking every news story. Like, why can't Mike Elias, who works for the Orioles, sit down with an Oriole guy like Peter Schmuck and say, hey, Pete, uh, I think Peter Schmuck is the best and most prominent Orioles reporter. Well, no. And say, hey, Sh- hey Schmuck, they, they <laughs> hey, Schmuck uh, here's, here's some breadcrumbs for you. Here, write the story. And then the national guys. Yeah, and John Mioli is writing great stuff for the Baltimore Sun. He did a great job covering the winter meetings. But yep. um, I agree. And, and, the, and Orioles the new are- guy for MLB with the Orioles. I forget his name. Yeah, uh, I forget his name as well. Brittany Droli's out of here. And right. she, she was I reached out that. to the new guy. He didn't respond. So uh, he's I, dead to me. Exactly. Travelli, maybe? Something like that? Something like that. Who uh, cares? Uh, but, I mean, Rock is the whole reason that the Orioles own Masson is, like, to give Rock, like, control of the media. That's what Rock is for. So yeah. you would think you'd at least have a send anyway, him. But who the Orioles, right? To, you to leak to, to, to Rock, and he can put on Masson or whatever. You would think... Um, but then it's the Orioles don't want to leak anything and leaks never. I don't think when there's leaks, it's coming from the Orioles organization. I think the national yeah, media Mike, is getting the leaks from other places. Especially Mike Elias seems to be kind of a leak free zone, right? Doesn't he? he seems to be trying to hold things at least so far really close to his chest. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe with the changes that we've seen in ownership, just with the Angelos' sons taking over, maybe we'll see more friendly uh, face not only with the fans but also with the media. It'll be interesting to see how they do, it, how it changes with the new ownership and Brandon Hyde and Michael Elias. How things like Fan Fest change. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I can't wait to see um, this spring training uh, a national guy come in and break a huge story about Brady Anderson. That's what I'm looking forward right. to this spring. Right, right. Yeah, we gotta uh, we gotta talk and figure out if we're gonna go down there. You know, BWI now has direct flights to Sarasota. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, but not Southwest. I, I got stupid. No, no. It's like Allegiance or something. It's one where you might die. Yeah. But uh, but it is a Worth direct it. flight. I'll pass. <laughs> I, I got some bad news, too, that Schetzel's no longer down there. Oh, yeah. Where's he uh, at now? He's just he's about to move to Phoenix. I mean, he didn't, oh, he didn't, he didn't do anything for us down there, right? He's 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 the whole reason he went down there. I thought he made the visit worth the trip. I mean, we can go see some we can go see some uh, Cubs spring training. Aren't they yeah. out in Phoenix? They're somewhere over there in Arizona. I don't know where the Arizona Fall League. I don't, or the 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 uh, the spring Arizona games. I don't even know where they play those games. Oh, that's true. We could go to some AFL games. See some of these young uh, young Rule Five guys. Yeah, but again, is that Phoenix? I don't even know exactly. Uh, Arizona can't be that big. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I have no idea. <laughs> Um, uh, guys, we got a new review in iTunes. What? We've been pushing. We it's got about, a, it's about time, you lazy punk listeners. So Matty Ice one three one jumped yeah. in with Matty uh, Ice. Is that Matt Ryan? Does he listen to the show? Yeah. So Matt Ryan Friend gave us show. five stars, All and right. he says easily the most enjoyable podcast about Baltimore sports. I've been listening True. for a couple of years now. Since that time, I've looked forward to my Tuesday morning work commute. Sweet. Keep up the great work, and please continue talking about and making Josh upset about the quarterback controversy. We'll do. That's a 10-4, yeah. Uh, thank, thanks, Matt. We, we appreciate it, and I concur with everything that he said. I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, my alma mater. Since you do Liberty Flames all the time, Matt, Belmont Bruins beat the UCLA Bruins this week in the Battle of the Bruins. Upset. Oh, in basketball? Yeah, my little school from Nashville, Tennessee, beat the UCLA Bruins uh, two nights oh, ago. It must have been a travel issue. We got a game coming up against UCLA, I think, next week. Hey, well, you might have a chance. If they, yeah. if they can't beat my little school, 
eight and one hey, on the, the season so far. So, I feel like Belmont makes Belmont makes a, a fair share of appearances in that tournament. All right, yeah. Yeah. they're they're getting a little uh, getting a little heat now. Eight and one so far on the season, coming off this hot win. How's the uh, play by right. for the Bruins versus the Bruins go? I don't know. It's a lot of like I didn't realize the Bruins have the ball. I saw the result the next morning. I was like, "What? It was on television. I should have been watching that." Hey, a lot of these these games, like for for Liberty, I I watch them on ESPN three. But Liberty, I mean, but ESPN has this new thing called ESPN Plus. Uh-huh. You guys aware of this thing? No. And so a lot of the games now are not even on ESPN three. They're on ESPN Plus, which you have to pay for, which is like on top of just ESPN, which is outrageous. What happened to ESPN U? Is that not around anymore? Shouldn't that be where all these games are? I think now they're all on ESPN Plus. Gotcha. So plus is just another chance, another attempt for ESPN to make more money. Yeah, but they're not getting my money. I'll find ways around it. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, can we can we get out of here? Yeah, yeah, it's about that time. Or no? Yeah, we can get out of I'm, here. You all done? I'm with ready. This? You yeah. tired of us? I'm tired. We we talked about the Ravens. We talked about the Orioles. <sighs> Did I? Uh, we're taking next week off, right? No, All Christmas right. Eve, I baby. Am. All right, are we doing? Are we, Matt? Are, I'm down. Are you doing a Christmas Eve episode? Yeah, I'm down for a Christmas Eve episode. All right, all right, we'll work out the time of that. It's gonna have to be earlier in the day. You free earlier in the day? You guys are hardcore. Emily doesn't work. I was gonna come in studio for the first time in a month. I have to. Uh, I have to work the church services six, eight, and eleven. We'll do it from the church. So it have. To, uh, maybe. Actually. I'll check that out. I might have some time in between. No, those services are going to be back to back. I won't have enough time. Six, the I'm, six I'm, o'clock service will end like seven fifteen, and I'll have to start the next service at eight. That's right. I'm flexible. I can work around Bert's schedule. All right. We 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 we, we can do it on uh on. Bert. <laughs> yeah. Or we can do it. On, we can, we can do it on Sunday. Uh, Ravens play on Saturday. We, so we can do it on Sunday. That's true. All we, right. We're we doing Christmas as I as they I open like presents. It. I'll do. The, I That's care. fine. I'm cool. I thought I was. I was like, I'm gonna go in this nice, and I'm gonna give you guys the week off. I'm not gonna push you to do Christmas episode, and you're here to convince me to do a Christmas episode. We'll do it. I mean, I freaking turn on my laptop and talk into it for an hour. I think I can handle that. All right, I'll get some. Uh, I'll get some Christmas music. Yeah, and, I, and I'm definitely in as long as Bert's there. No, I'm hanging out with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Peace out, you two, you two bozos. Get Mickey Mouse as a guest. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Oh boy. Maybe, you know what? Maybe maybe we should do it on Sunday, so you can listen to Section Three Thirty Six when you're running around doing your Christmas shopping on the night before on Christmas Eve. Yeah, sure. Eve. We'll do it Sunday night. I mean, or we can do a nice like Christmas morning story. I'm time. not doing a Christmas. Morning. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, we'll let, we'll do it on Sunday. Gotta draw a line somewhere. Just think of the downloads. <laughs> I, I think the downloads. I think the da- this week might be Christmas week. I think downloads might be bad. Mm. Who listens to podcasts on Christmas? Hey, do we 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 got a? I listen to more podcasts because I'm 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 off work. But we're gonna have a new bench coach, I think, to talk about. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Maybe uh, we'll put some feelers out. See if we can get someone else. Uh, get someone to fill in Bert's role on Sunday. Okay. I have a few recommendations that we'll talk about off air. Sounds and not good. for recommendations that I want on, but for recommendations that I definitely don't want on. So I'll share with those after. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Right. I don't I just don't want anyone talking over me. All right, so no Drew Forrester. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, that's your that's your that's your no Drew. I didn't I didn't say that. I didn't All say right. that. Josh. We're gonna print out his face and put it up like like our Chris Davis cutout, but it's gonna be a big no sign through it. <laughs> I like I like Drew, but I know he, he talks over everyone. I like Drew too. He's a great follow on Twitter, um, and I, I like his opinions. I like his blog. Yeah, but it's my podcast. <laughs> All right, get us out of here. All right, boys and girls, join Matty Ice by being a good three three sixer and writing and writing us a review on iTunes. You can find us on all. Make sure you subscribe there to that iTunes too. We're always trying to get the subscriptions up and the reviews up. And the listeners up. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Section 336. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Rody. And you can follow Josh on Twitter. We'll always tweet about his love of Joe Flacco. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh Soroka. I do very little tweet and mention in Lamar or Joe because of you two. 
It's very disappointing, Josh. You need to stop being scared and go out there and tweet. Don't no. let us control your life, Josh. Just tweet how you feel when you're watching the game. This Saturday night, I'm going to be looking for your tweets. All right, all right. I'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough game to, to try to take a stand. I right. haven't tweeted in almost two weeks. I'm very poor social media guy. Sorry. I tweeted during the Browns game. Got a, a nice, very nice reaction. Good. That's probably why I stopped tweeting because nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I appreciate you. I hate people who tweet like 100 times a day. If I got something to say, I'm going to wait for a special moment and say it. But I'm not a 10 times a day tweeter. That's true. Maybe when I do tweet once every two weeks, people appreciate uh-huh. it. It how makes much, it more how, impactful. How absolutely. much tweeting will you do at Disney? Probably a lot more than I do about uh-huh. the Orioles or the uh-huh. Ravens. That's, that's, that's what I thought. You got to wear But you'll go and represent your Orioles gear down in Disney? Uh, Start actually, high-fiving oh, people about Brendan Hyde? Up, but w- I think we're going to see Cal Ripken Jr. do the candlelight processional at Epcot again I thought year. he already did it. He's doing it again this year. So, uh, yeah, I am going to pack my Cal Ripken T-shirt and maybe uh, see Cal Ripken at Epcot. And I'll tell you about it when I get back. <laughs> right, because you, cause, right, cause who would call in from Disney? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I can't wait to get down there. I'm already packing up my laptop to go home. <laughs> All right, we're, we're done, Bert. We get the we get the message. All right, thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's and go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the Section Three Three Six podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.